This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. What's up, everybody? Charlie Marlowe here. Jumping on, going to continue to answer your Cardinals questions. Last week, Brendan Schaefer and I answered a bunch of them, but there's a ton. So I figured I'll answer some more, and then later this week, Brendan and I will get on again and uh, hopefully answer all the questions. Also, I'm testing out this new microphone here, so hopefully it sounds good. But let's get right to it, all right? Hope everybody had a great weekend. I'm just going to pick up where we left off last week. Okay, I'm going bottom to top. This is from Pablo Hermes. He says four new statues should be created soon. Albert, Roland, Yachty, and Wayno. What pose would you use for each? Where do you place them? First of all, I think you're going to have these statues kind of uh, where all the other, the smaller statues are. I guess that would be what? That's third baseline up near up near uh, the left field corner of Bush Stadium. So, okay, let's look at the different poses. First of all, I think, now maybe you don't agree with me. I think Yachty and Wainos should be together. I think that should be the hug after the final out of the 2006 World Series. That would be cool. Remember also, correct me if I'm wrong, don't you only get a statue if you're in the Baseball Hall of Fame? That's where... We all love Wayno, but he's probably not going to be a Baseball Hall of Famer. Does he get a statue? He probably deserves one. So maybe you have the statue, he and Yachty hugging. I like that. This is just right off the top of my head. I haven't put too much thought into this. Roland is just such a kind of old school, just a hard hat baseball player. I always thought of Roland when he hits the bomb. He hits the home run. He puts his head down and just runs. Now, I don't know if you can make a compelling statue of a person running with his head down, but that's what I think of when I think of Scott Rowland. I think Albert is the tough one. Albert, so many big moments, so many home runs, obviously the Brad Lidge, 700 homers, but I feel like Albert has to be hitting. He has to have a bat in his hand, maybe kind of that Albert pose with the bat where he's finished his swing. He's about ready to kind of throw it a little bit, not a bat flip. That, that's the first thing that comes to mind for me. What do you guys think? I think that's a good, fun question to start it off. All right. Putty Chains. Does the extreme love that Randy Flores gets from Cardinals fans, does that make sense? He has been drafting for eight years and is responsible for the foundation of a team that was sixth worst in MLB. He seems to have gotten a lot of mileage out of a few good draft picks. I think overall, Randy Flores has been very good with the draft. You also, in this conversation, we do have to discuss the fact that for years, the Cardinals drafted and developed so much of their own pitching 
We haven't seen that near to the levels. They know that in recent years. Randy Flores, it seems, doesn't seem, I mean, it shows, has shifted to some of the high-end position players, especially the high school guys. And if you look at some of them already bearing a lot of fruit, you can go back to Nolan Gorman, Jordan Walker, Mason Wynn, a high school guy. You look at that one draft, the COVID draft, where you have, look, only what, five rounds? You get Jordan Walker, Mason Wynn, Tink Hens. Those are all high school guys. Hopefully Tink Hens works out. I think it's a fair question, though. They have they have a lot of high-end position players. They need to get back to, to basically stockpiling pitching year after year to have guys at the upper levels who can come in, help in the bullpen, give you a start. That's what the Cardinals have been lacking the last several years, in my opinion. That's what they had back in the day when they're making those runs 11 to 15. And it wasn't just drafted guys, but just think of Carlos Martinez. Think of, I mean, relievers, Kevin Segrist, Trevor Rosenthal, even a Seth Manis, but Lance Lynn, Michael Walk, a Shelby Miller, just churning out pitching seemingly year after year. Cardinals need to get back to that. Also, from what I've seen, the, the Cardinals' current minor league system isn't in fantastic shape. So that's a that's a fair question. Also, the future of Randy Flores. I think for a while we thought, could he be the guy who who uh, is the succession plan to John Mozella? You got Michael Gersh there, and now, of course, you have Heim Bloom as well waiting in the wings. Okay, Graybush314 says, had we signed Lance Lynn after the 22 season, wouldn't we all be ecstatic? Knee surgery in spring training that year and struggled his first handful of starts. His last 12 starts had a 2.45 ERA. 23 was an anomaly for Lynn. If Lynn pitches closer to career norm, a rotation will be a plus. Yeah, overall, I agree. If you look at Lance Lynn's career ERA, I think it's, is it pushing four? I'll look this up right now. I think it's like 3.8 something. Last year was obviously really bad for Lance Lynn. Let's check it out. Because my memory is not as good as it once was. Lance Lynn, yeah, career ERA 3.74. So last year, 5.73. The year before, 2022, 3.99. Really good 2021, 2.69. Yeah, I don't think Lance Lynn is going to be nearly as bad as he was last year, pushing a 6 ERA. If he can get anywhere close to 4, so the 3.99 he was in 2022, the 3.74 that he is for his career, I do think Cardinals fans will be ecstatic about that. Now, as he gets older, look, is it more? And I'm just focusing on ERA here. You know, if it's a 4.2, 4.3, even up to 4.5, I don't think we can complain that much. But if he throws 180 innings, if he's striking out about a batter per nine innings, uh, so obviously nine per nine innings. So I'm talking about a strikeout per innings pitched. If he's close to that, I think that's a pretty dang good signing for a one-year deal for the money involved. All right, Illini Frank. Talent evaluation. No one is 100%, but the Mo administration has made some significant misses in assessing their talent. 100%. And we've talked about this a million times. Obviously with the outfielders. Trading away, Randy Rosarena. We bring up Adolis Garcia. You have somebody like Elaine Thomas. Not so much. That's the John Lester deal. Um, and and look, you, you can nitpick all of those, but to me, it's more about a bunch of a bunch of misses. We'll see what happens with Tyler O'Neill. 
that one was a little different because I feel like that relationship got to the point where it was irreparable with the Cardinals. But just big picture, the fact that a lot of these outfielders have left and been really good. Now, some other teams passed on them as well. But it's more about the Cardinals either not giving these guys the correct opportunities or picking other guys over them. Like if you go back in the day when they when they essentially didn't give Randy Rosarena a chance, Adolis Garcia, a little bit of a different discussion. He was a late bloomer, um, and a lot of these guys are. But at the time, the Cardinals were going with Tyler O'Neill and Harrison Bader. You understand why they made those choices, but they were – especially for Rosarena, the wrong, the wrong choices there. Even somebody like Dylan Carlson, where it now seems like they've, they've held on to him too long, it appears, where he doesn't have the trade value he would have had three years ago. Remember a couple of years ago, we're kind of joking, and, and nobody knows if this was really true, but if the Cardinals were ever really in seriously on Juan Soto, and if, if Dylan Carlson was the guy the Cardinals wouldn't part with, well, look now a year and a half or so later, Dylan Carlson is the fourth outfielder. And if he has a bad season, he's going to have zero trade value for the Cardinals. And then, so pitching-wise, Illini Frank was asking about talent evaluation. This also, it all goes back to the other trade that we talk about time and time again. It's Randy Rosarena, that trade, but the other one is Marcelo Zuna. Where, look, you did draft or and or develop a couple really good pitchers, Sandy Alcantara, Zach Gallen, but then you traded them away. And, uh... Those guys blossomed and bloomed in other organizations. So, yes, you got drafting and developing, but also you have to know who's in-house. You have to know your guys better than anybody. John Mosellock said that right after Randy Rosarena first went crazy in that postseason a couple years ago. That's the first thing he said in his press conference. We need to know our guys in-house better than anybody else. Okay. Liam says, I don't see how this roster is any better than last year's. This is an interesting question. Or comment. I'm going to do a whole video on this coming up this week because I got another another comment that I thought was really interesting. So first of all, position players, essentially the same. I think we can agree on that for the most part. It's all about the pitching. Pitching, 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 as we know. Now, this other comment, and I'll grab it for you this week, but essentially, as I've been saying, I think the Cardinals have improved. This person basically said, well, how have they improved? If if in the bullpen, you're saying, okay, they, they add uh, Andrew Kittredge and Keenan Middleton, but they're also replacing Jordan Hicks and Chris Stratton and start to look at the numbers. Is that really that much of an upgrade? And then go also to starting rotation. And again, I'll really get into this later this week, but I think it's an interesting point. Look at the, the pitching they've added. Let's just, let's just kind of replace on paper. Okay, so we have Lance Lynn, we have Kyle Gibson, we have Sonny Gray. And they're essentially replacing from last year Jordan Montgomery, Jack Flaherty, and Adam Wainwright. So just kind of superficially, let's think about this. Jordan Montgomery was a freaking stud. Okay. So now Sonny Gray was better last year, but I think it's fair to say Sonny Gray, Jordan Montgomery, pretty, pretty close, top end guys, ones, twos, whatever you want to call them. And then I think it's also fair to say, look at Jack Flaherty's numbers with the Cardinals. I know he fell off with the Orioles, but Jack Flaherty's numbers with the Cardinals. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. 
From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX is clipped. Now streaming only on Hulu. Were they that much different than Kyle Gibson's numbers with the Orioles? Except for the win-loss record. Kyle Gibson had a really good win-loss record. But I think it's fair to say that's kind of similar. And this also, now innings are going to be important here. Innings are going to be important. We can't just focus on ERA. But that's also where, I hate to always harp on this. Um, Adam Wainwright was just so awful last year. Now he's pushing, what, seven and a half ERA? Lance Lynn was pushing a six ERA last year. Um, Let's be real about this. Adam Wainwright isn't in the rotation towards the middle till the end of last year if the Cardinals aren't out of the race and if he's not going for 200 wins. So it's pretty easy to upgrade from what, what Adam Wainwright gave you last year. Lance Lynn, if he can push that 4.5 ERA, whatever it is, that's a significant, significant upgrade from Adam Wainwright's 7.5 ERA, whatever it was, especially he's giving you three, four-inning starts in some of those. But I think when you kind of look at it more so on paper and you say, Okay, Monty and Sonny Gray, kind of the same. Flaherty and Kyle Gibson, kind of the same. Huge upgrade, you would think, from Lynn, uh, from Wayno to Lynn. But I think it's an interesting question. So I understand why somebody like Liam says, um, I don't see this roster is any better than last year's. I think that's a fair point, even though I disagree. I'm trying to also move around, so I'm covering up this light behind me. Okay, Vance Lloyd. Hot take. Team starts off on fire. NATO, Goldie, and Gorman lead the league in bombs after the first 40 games. So NATO, Goldie, and Gorman all are up there leading the league in bombs after the first 40 games. I would love if that happened. Doubt it. Remember, Cardinals, you know, early in the season, bad weather. Guys usually get going as it gets warmer into the summer. First 40 games, you're talking April, May. You can see these guys starting to surge probably May, June, you know, or June, July, August. But I love the uh, the positivity. I think I think NATO and Goldie both have much better years than last year. Gorman, it's all about health. We know that with Gorman. If Gorman can stay healthy and play 145, 150 games, I mean, he's going to hit over 30 homers for sure. Could he get to a 40? But he's got to stay healthy. The back is clearly an issue. Okay, DeWallet, Inspector, Cheddarthon, and Joyer. Uh, 83 win projection seems about right. They'll be 12 and 14 in a 26 man payroll ranking. Also to be expected is a 2021 type year. Assume they spread the wins out in a more normal distribution. No insane winning streak, a success or not good enough. 83 wins is not good enough in my opinion at all. I think also we need to look at these rosters differently because the roster will look different after the trade deadline. If they're in it. So let's just say the Cardinals are projected at 83 wins, which I think is fair. 
whatever you want to throw out there, 83, 84, 85, 86, 87. I, I don't even know if I'm ready to give my win total yet. Not that it matters, but I haven't really thought about it. You have to kind of look at the schedule and all that, see what other teams in the NL Central are doing. But let's say that 83 win projection is accurate. Okay, so you're you're basically one game above 500. Okay, if that's the case, if the Cardinals are right at 500 or one game above at the trade deadline, about 100, 110 games in, whatever it is, let's say they're 56 and 55 or something like that. Well, the Cardinals, after missing the playoffs last year, should absolutely add, which I think they will. You'll probably need to add a starter. You'll probably need to add a reliever. And all of a sudden, maybe that 83 win projection now becomes 87, 88, 89, whatever the win total is to get a playoff spot. So I think that's the way that we can look at this. Let's see. Mitchell Sharp says, do you guys think the DeWitts are thinking about selling the team in the next five years? I don't at all. Why would you? Why would you sell the team, especially with with Bill DeWitt III, um, a young guy? If he is the chairman down the road, I would think you keep that in the family. I know there are tax implications for all that. We saw that with the Rams, remember, when uh, when Lucia passed and you had uh, what? No, 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 no. Sorry. When uh, Georgia, when Georgia passed, Lucia didn't pass. I haven't I haven't checked that, but I don't think she did. But uh, Chip and Lucia then taking over, you had all those tax implications, and then that's when they sold it off. Uh, at first, you thought it was going to be Deshad Khan, and then, of course, Stan Kroenke jumps in there. So I don't know all the tax ramifications. I would think the DeWitts want to keep it in the family. Um, a lot of people are asking me about that. Remember remember back when uh, when Mike Shannon said that on air towards the end of his career? And uh, that got everybody talking a little bit. Okay, Will. This is Will Nix. Who gets the bulk of save opportunities? Will Marmol have a dedicated closer or will he use relievers in highest leverage positions? Will Blake continue to coach by spreadsheet or will eyeballs have any input? I think the first question is easy. Who will get the bulk of the save opportunities? It's Ryan Helsley. Easy if he's healthy. You got to think if he's healthy, he's getting 30 plus saves. I do think Marmol is new school. When it comes to mixing and matching. So you got to think Helsley gets gets the most. But then you have guys like, you have Kittridge. You know, because you see Kittridge with five saves, whatever it is. You have Keenan Middleton. I looked this up last week. I believe he has 15 career saves. Geo can go in there. Um, I know you don't love Geo as your closer. But every once in a while, in a matchup situation, maybe... Maybe Ryan Helsley's down in terms of uh, not being able to use that particular night. And then also you have the uh, the matchup situation. Yeah, matchup. Maybe you have a situation where you want a lefty in the ninth and somebody like a, a Jojo Romero, Zach Thompson, who knows his role. What about uh, Matthew Libertor? So again, I think I think that uh, Helsley, Helsley gets 30-plus saves if he's healthy. Everybody else falls in line with – you know, a couple, one, two, three, four, five for all those other guys, right? That'd be fine. Okay, Ryan says, Charlie and Shafe. Sorry, Shafe's not on this one, but we love B. Shafe. Do you guys feel the front office and ownership truly believe last year was a fluke? I just hate to see them appear so cavalier that it won't happen again. Almost like they couldn't possibly see a scenario where the Cardinals have another losing season. I think they can definitely see that scenario happening, but I do think big picture 
they believe last year was a fluke in the sense that everything that could go wrong went wrong. And they were banking on a lot of ifs in starting pitching. Remember, John Mozeliak even said that. As a lot of media and fans were questioning last offseason, hey, you don't have enough pitching. And he said, look, maybe, maybe, maybe six months from now, we'll look back and say I made a mistake. Well, John Mozeliak and the Cardinals did make a mistake there. So that's where the certainty with the innings, even if you don't love Lance Lynn and Kyle Gibson, they at least have, you would think, as much certainty as you can get with innings with Lance Lynn, Kyle Gibson, and Sonny Gray. Um, but look, after you have a bad season like that, now is it more in your brain that this can happen again? Yes. But I do think big picture, the Cardinals, I, I believe it was a bit of a fluke. I do think that they neglected the pitching, which everybody brought up. But I do think they thought they had enough to get to the trade deadline, like in previous years, when they added Hap, Lester, Quintana, and Montgomery and all that. I, I think that was the strategy, and it just didn't it didn't work. It blew up in their face. Okay, great value speaker. If Yachty ever becomes manager, how many seasons could he go without a playoff series win before the fan base turns on him? This is a really interesting question. What do you guys think about that? Now, will the fan base ever really turn on Yachty? They'll always love him. But man, if you start mugging games, as Tony LaRusso used to say, mugging games, if you have losing seasons, look, there's going to be a lot of complaints. Doesn't matter, doesn't matter who it is. Yachty's beloved, but that's a great question. Let's say, hypothetical, let's say Yachty takes over after this season. Let's say, let's say Ali does win 83 games but they don't renew his contract. Yachty takes over. So at this point, though, also part of this conversation would be that the Cardinals wouldn't have made the playoffs in the previous two years. To me, that's the only the only way Yachty takes over in 2025, if this even happens, is if the Cardinals don't make the playoffs in 2024 coming up this year. So that's also part of this hypothetical. If Yachty takes over, okay, you'd think a manager gets a clean slate, but Cardinals fans would be pissed because they wouldn't have been to the playoffs in 23-24. So if Yachty would take over a team that had been to the playoffs five straight years or whatever it was, like like let's say Matheny. Matheny takes over the LaRusa teams, and they're really good, don't win a World Series, but they get to the NLCS, World Series, NLCS, 100 wins. So he builds up some equity before he has the, what, two and a half bad seasons before he's fired. And look, Matheny probably wouldn't have got those two and a half seasons if he didn't have the NLCSs and the World Series appearance before that. So that's a great question. I think after one year, after one season of Yachty being the manager, if the Cardinals... Okay, so the question, though, was without a playoff series win. So I guess they could still get to the playoffs. If Yachty got to the playoffs in the first year, they didn't win a series... People aren't obviously calling for his head, but I think let's say, yeah, it also see if they get to the playoffs, it's kind of a different story. But I think if Yachty were to not win a playoff series in two seasons. Think you know the Brooks ghost? Think again. Introducing the all new better than ever ghost 16. Now with nitrogen infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good. Every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. 
Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. But then it's hard to say because if he gets to the playoffs both years, I don't know. I think the better question is if they don't make the playoffs. I think if 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 Yachty made the playoffs one of his first two years, people aren't going nuts. But in year three, if the Cardinals haven't made the playoffs, people are nuts. Because again, that would be five straight years of no playoffs. But if he made the playoffs one of the years or both, but don't win a series, people aren't going crazy. Look, the expectations have been brought back down. We wanted the Cardinals, this is unfortunate, but we wanted the Cardinals to get past the, hey, 88 wins, maybe win the Central, maybe get a wild card first round playoff exit. We wanted more than that last offseason, but the Cardinals were so bad in 2023, it seems like we've lowered the expectations back to, hey, let's just make the playoffs. I think that would be looked upon by a lot of fans and media, unfortunately, as a success in, uh, in 2024. Okay, Thomas Gauvain. I already asked that question. My bad. Who will replace Tyler O'Neill as the strongest Cardinal now? I think I said Miles Michaels. I did that one last week. Uh, Hanky, did we get Lance Lynn because we needed pitching or because we need to keep the cat happy? Can Descalzo pinch hit this year? Is Contreras our starting shortstop? So just uh, a joke, a joke question, which is fine, but I'll move on. We do love the fact that Lance Lynn is with the team, though, not just for pitching, but he does he does bring some fun to the post games. Hey, you need that in the pregames. You need that during 162, but you also need to win. It's easier to have fun when your team's winning. Uh, Rob Sheik, I would like to hear some conversation around Trevor Bauer and why he would be a good fit for a one-year deal to reestablish himself in the MLB. Cards are, again, trying to convince us that this rotation is good. I am not convinced. I get that. It seems like, look, I said this last year even, Trevor Bauer – he he paid his penalty. You know, there is a process. I'm not saying I love the dude. I, I don't know everything that happened also with, with different women. We know about the one woman where it looked like, you know, through her text that she was trying to get money from Trevor Bauer. There's other women who have accused him. I don't know the situation. These things with sexual assault, I wasn't there. I, I don't like to pretend like I have a real hot take on this. It does seem like that he paid his penalty. Through MLB, he sat out, what, close to two years. He pitched last year in Japan. I don't know. The fact that he doesn't have a deal now, though, is he essentially being blackballed from Major League Baseball? It kind of looks like that. But again, I also don't know what else Major League Baseball knows in their investigation. I'm not going to pretend to know what they know. Now, if more information comes out, I'll give you a better take on that. Graham STL. If you got to add one player to the roster via free agent signing, who would it be? Take into account the predicted contract length and value. I'm thinking Jordan Montgomery or Phil. Is it Mayton, the reliever? Monty will have more value in innings provided, but lengthier and more expensive commitment. Yeah. God, it'd be nice to have one more front end of the rotation starting pitcher like Jordan Montgomery. Somebody like Phil Mayton. Or Matan, I don't even know how it's pronounced, but somebody like that you can pick up at the trade deadline, a reliever like that. So that's not a that's not a huge ask. I mean, having another guy'd be great, but what the Cardinals really need on paper is the front end of the rotation guy, somebody like Jordan Montgomery. But also, if he gets a seven year deal, I'm not necessarily saying that's going to be a fantastic deal. So I understand why the Cardinals with a Snell or a Montgomery, but I, I want to answer the question. 
if you got to add one player to the roster via free agent signing, who would it be? Can I go? If I go back in time, I understand that Yamamoto basically got to be out of the Cardinals pay range, but he was the guy that made sense to me because he's young. I, I, I agree. Giving a seven year deal to an Aaron Nola, Jordan Montgomery, Blake Snell, if they get those type of deals and you're paying them from ages like 31, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, whatever it is. That's why I liked Yamamoto, the prospects of Yamamoto, even though his deal became crazy high is you don't see really, really talented starting pitchers like that going to the market at age 25 or whatever he was. So I'll bank on the guy that's 25. So my answer to that is Yamamoto because, look, there's just a lot less risk. There's always going to be risk with a huge deal. What did he get? Did he get 12 years and 300 plus, whatever the deal was. I can't even remember with the posting fee. But you're getting him from age, I mean, we're talking super prime, 25, 6, 7, 8, 9, 30, 1, 2, 3. Whereas with these guys like Montgomery, Nola, Blake Snell, you are getting the back half of their careers where it could it could get ugly. Let's see. We have uh, Graham, non-Cardinals related with this one. Will Charlie acknowledge there is a difference for Hall of Fame voters when it comes to steroid era PED usage and then Manny A-Rod using after the rules were in place and their subsequent suspensions affecting their Hall of Fame case? I understand that people look at it like that. I just personally don't. I understand and acknowledge the difference. To me, if you used, you knew before you weren't supposed to do it, and and you knew after the fact. I understand you had different rules, but those guys knew beforehand they weren't supposed to be using performance-enhancing drugs. So I throw them all in the same bucket personally. If you want to look at them differently, I get it. I wouldn't if I was a voter. That's my thing. Graham, I understand that some other voters look at it differently. That's how I would look at it. If you used performance-enhancing drugs and your numbers basically reflect that, whether it was before or after, you benefited from them, I'm going to look at you all the same. Okay, Aaron Mullins. Here's more of a bold prediction. The only starter with an ERA over four this year will be Gibson, who hovers at like 4.2. And the rest of the rotation is surprisingly decent. I can see a world where Matt's has a strong bounce back year. I can't remember if we already answered that one. I tried to go in order, but hey, I can see that. I can see that. So again, let's say Sonny Gray is around three, three, one, three, two, three, three, whatever it is. Again, are they going to be over four? I don't really care. Like, it'd be great to say they're under four, but is there really that big of a difference between 3.9 ERA and 4.1 or 4.2? Just, just be healthy, give them innings, and, and hover around somewhere four, four and a half. If Kyle Gibson and Lance Lynn do that, we should all be happy about that. That's basically what you can expect from those guys. If they're anything better, it's great. Sonny Gray is the guy that needs to be a front end of the rotation starter. Steven Matz, who knows? He just has to stay healthy too. Okay, let's see. Where do you expect, barring any addition, any additional changes to the roster, the Cardinals to be at the end of the season win-wise? I still think they're going to get back... If you had to ask me right now, which you are, I still think they get back to like that 88 wins, but they do it in the fashion I said earlier, which is you're 500-ish. You're going to need to add. You're going to add a starter and a reliever at the deadline. You're going to be around 500, and you're going to push that 88 wins, probably make the playoffs, probably win the Central or 
get one of those wild card spots. It doesn't seem like a lot of teams in the Central are really are really uh, trying this year. Okay, let's see. My buddy Mike from Chicago wants Edmonds clubhouse stories. I wasn't even here for the Edmonds years when he was a player. Although I uh, love Jimmy Ballgame. Great dude. Very funny. Okay. Well, let's see. Cardinal 70. When will Brendan actually finish his facial hair? Oh, that's mean. You know what? I'm not going to do that when Brendan's not even on the podcast here. So, all right. Here's the deal. I'm going to end. We're right there around 30 minutes. Part of the reason doing this, I wanted to clean up and, and finish some of these questions. Actually, did I get almost all of them? I think I got almost all of them. So now I feel bad. I also want to test this mic, so hopefully it sounds good. Hey, there's our sponsors, Triad Bank, my guy Jim Regna, all your local banking. You got to bank local, I'm telling you. My rental property business, smartest thing I ever did, switching from a big national bank to Triad Bank, a local bank. You got Corner Butcher in Fenton and also Ellisville, Chop House, the restaurant in Fenton. Been working with them for like five years. Mike Diffley and family, I think longer than five years. They're fantastic people. And then St. Louis Equipment and St. Louis Lawn Care. But uh, for your lawnmower needs, you need to buy a mower, small engines. We're talking trimmers, blowers. I bought it all there from St. Louis Equipment and also St. Louis Lawn Care. They'll do all your grass cutting if you need mulch, if you need seeding, uh, fertilizer and all that. So there you go. All right. We're going to do a pod with, uh, with Brendan later on in the week. While I have you here, and I will wrap up, I want to give a shout out to the members. The members, you don't have to be a member, but I appreciate those that are. Okay, we have our premium members, Ken Phelan. We have G2Z, thank you. We have our medium members, my guy, Mother Goose, and Brian Canfield II. And then we have we have these different levels of members, man. It's all good. Uh, we have our basic level guys that is uh, and gals. That's a Bird Chatter Baseball, Drew P. Balls, Krabby Joe, Adam Nelson, Sam I Am, uh, John Helmick. We got uh, Bobby, the handsome guy, Johnson. We have Charles Wagner, Michael Hawkins, SMFR, the podcast, my guy, Stevie Reeb, and Bren Gillespie, the original member right there. Okay. Shorter video. I didn't think I'd get through all those questions so quickly. But again, thanks for watching. Comment, like, subscribe, share the channel, share the show, share the episodes, put them in your group text, put them on social media. Hopefully this microphone sounds good. That was part of the reason I'm doing this. But also, hey, we'll jump on. Brendan and I coming up with low-hanging fruit later in the week. We tape on Thursdays. Have a great week, everybody. Comment, like, subscribe. Charlie Marlowe signing off once again. Support our sponsors, Triad Bank, Corner Butcher, and St. Louis Equipment. See you guys. Thanks.